Love it. Thank you, Cherish, and the band for leading that. Again, we're so blessed to have people within our church, within our student ministry, that uh, can lead us and things like that. And also, Raciel, thank you for welcoming us uh, this evening. That's also awesome to see. Hey, uh, so really quick, so happy that you're here. If you don't know who I am, my name is Eli. I currently serve as the interim student uh, minister here, associate here at Calvary Baptist Church, and, and I'm so excited to be with y'all again for another year. Man, it, it seemed, it's crazy that a year ago, when we first started Remedy, we started it online, right? Like we had messages online, we had everything online, C groups on Zoom, and and now to think that we're finally back together, like we can just, can we just praise God that we're actually here a year later? Can we, can we give him praise? Yeah, we're here in person. And and what's even more exciting, if you were here on Sunday, uh, part of our Ignite Sunday well, we got uh, together in the morning. We had a lot. Of, we got breakfast and all that good stuff. And then a lot of y'all came downstairs and saw the different booths and what God is doing at Calvary as we launched the new Calvary. And you know, throughout the summer, we really wanted to create an environment where we could build relationships, where we could bring people in, use the gym full court, and just have a good time, right? And and. If, if you don't know, right now with Calvary, we're, we're changing some things and not a lot of things because God remains the same forever. He remains true forever. But God has also blessed us with opportunities to do new things that would uh, help us to get closer to him and things of that nature. And so uh, when we gather together in the summer, right, as we gather together, this is also a gathering. We want us, uh, again, to build relationships. But tonight you'll also have an opportunity to grow Right when you have community groups with your leaders, and as you talk about what God is doing within uh, the, the sermon, what God is doing within your hearts after uh, we, we I talk for the next 10, 15 minutes. Okay, so in the summer you got to gather, and right now we're gathering as well. But after this, we're going to grow together within our grow groups, within our community, our C groups, and, and talk about what God is doing. Um, so really quick, uh, I know throughout the summer it can get kind of crazy, and the thing is, is it's time to get back to work, right? And so for the next two weeks, we're going to talk about getting back at it, right? That's what we call it. Yeah, back at it. Back at it again. We're back at it again. We're back at Remedy. We're back into our schools. We're back into church. And for some of y'all, y'all have been disconnected for a very long time. It's been over a year since you've even been with other people. It's been over a year since you've even seen somebody face to face. And you probably saw somebody today that you haven't seen in a long time. You're like, oh my gosh, you either got really tall or man, COVID really hit you hard. Um, but that doesn't matter. The point is, is we're back together. And what I want to talk about tonight is that it's time to get back to work. Okay. Now, really quick, Michael Jordan, who knows who Michael Jordan is? Okay. You might see some highlights here in the back in a few seconds. Michael Jordan is arguably, I believe, the greatest basketball player of all time. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care. Look at this guy. Look. I mean, this guy is the greatest, but I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm repping my Dallas Mavericks tonight. Luka Doncic is going to probably surpass Michael Jordan. I don't know. I'm praying for that. Uh, I hope so. But right now, Michael Jordan is the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. But if you don't know, Michael Jordan actually took a hiatus from basketball, right? So he won some championships. He, he did what he needed to do, and then he said, I'm out. You know what? I'm, I'm done with basketball. And he decided to pursue something else that he thought would satisfy uh, his, his purpose, and that was to play baseball, right? The only thing is that he was absolute garbage at baseball. He could not play baseball. Uh, and, and then I think during those, those times, he realized and remembered, man, I really miss basketball. I love basketball. Basketball has done so much for me in my life. And, and I love just playing and, and, and being with a team and shooting the hoops and scoring and being the best player of all time. Like, I miss that. So what does he do? He decides to come back. 
right? He comes back, and, and if you've ever seen the documentary, The Last Dance on Netflix, it's all about the Chicago Bulls' 96 season, um, the year 96 season. And in one simple phrase, he sends a message, and it says, I'm back. That's all it says, is I'm back. And I think a lot of us, sometimes, our relationship can look like that with Jesus, right? It can look like we've been together for a long time, but then we start to fall away when the summer hits, right? Maybe we're excited after Camp Zephyr, and we're like, yeah, man, this is awesome. I'm so happy. I'm excited. Maybe after one weekend, we're like, yeah, let's, let's keep going. Let's go. Let's go. Maybe after a cool remedy, we're just hyped. But then after a few weeks, you know, we miss church a few times, and we're like, ah, I don't feel like going anymore. Maybe we, we have a summer break, and you start to just not you know, really connect with people anymore. You're kind of in your own, you're in your room playing video games till five in the morning, or, or maybe you just don't want to connect with people. Like you just, you start to fall away and, and you lose a sense of who Jesus is. But what I want us to know is that just like Michael Jordan, we can always come back, right? I don't care what you've done. I don't care how far you've been. Jesus is willing and waiting for you to come back. And we can get back at it again, and we can learn to be faithful once again. When following Jesus gets hard, avoid the temptation to fall back into doing what's familiar and comfortable, right? It's never too late to get back to Jesus. And there's a a story that's found in the Bible um, that talks about, uh, in the book of John, that talks about this a little bit when a time when Jesus had died, right? But he resurrected, and he had started to appear to the disciples. And I'm going to read it here. It's in John Chapter 21, I'm going to read it here. It says, After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the sea of the Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter, right, said to them, Hey, I'm going to go fishing. Okay? They said, Hey, we'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. They caught absolutely nothing. But then just as the day was breaking the next day, Jesus appears on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. And then he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. And this is what I want us to know right off the bat. When we come back to Jesus, right? When we come back to Jesus, he reminds us of his power. He reminds us of his power. So remember, the disciples are hanging out. Jesus is resurrected, but they still haven't seen him that much. And then Jesus appears on the shore, and they're going and fishing, right? They're fishing. They catch nothing. But the moment that Jesus appears, the moment that he shows up, His presence, his power overflows and proves time and time again that he is Lord. And he shows them his power. How? By casting fish. I mean, and sometimes I think about it, like how powerful Jesus has to be. And like, I wonder how it works. Like, I wonder if Jesus like commands the fish and the fish are like, okay, Jesus. And like they fall to their death, right? Because they're about to get eaten. Like, like but that's how powerful God is, right? Like Jesus is so powerful and he's showing them time and time again. And he's so powerful because he can just simply speak something and it happens. He can simply say the words and the creatures in the seas obey and they bow down to him. Regardless of who it is or where it comes from, Jesus has power. When we come back to him, we can see that he will remind us of his power. Uh, Danny Ron Hell said something really interesting. Danny Ron Hell is a, 
a pastor over at BT Church, and he said, the thought that the God who spoke the universe into existence, right, the power of that God, the fact that he can do that, right, shows his power, is the same God that is wanting to speak to you every single day. Man, when Daniel Rahel said that, I, I was like, man, that is so true. The God who can speak the world into universe, into existence, is the same God that wants to speak to you. Not only does he remind us of his power, but when we come back to Jesus, he reminds us of his forgiveness, right? We see his power, but we also see his heart. Verse 7 says this, That disciple whom Jesus loved, therefore, said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. Remember, when we come back to Jesus, he will remind us of his forgiveness. Now, if you don't know Peter that well, Peter used to be called Simon, right? And then Jesus came and spoke to him and said, hey, you're now going to be Peter. Peter is also someone who rejected Jesus three times. So think about this, right? That Peter, out of all people, the one who, who spent the most time with, arguably some of the most time with Jesus, right? With the other disciples, denies Jesus three times. Yet when Jesus shows up, he's ready and willing to receive him with open arms, regardless of the fact that he had just betrayed him three times. And it's interesting to see that this verse doesn't just start out with saying, oh, the disciple said this. No, it says that the verse starts out with saying that the disciple whom Jesus loved didn't just say disciple. No, it states that the disciple that Jesus loved told Peter, it is the Lord. And what does Peter do? He runs to him. He runs to him. And I think about it because sometimes, you know, again, we, 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 we like to fall back into our sin time and time again. Peter, right? Jesus has just died. He's resurrected. And what's, what are they doing right now? They're going back to what he was doing before he met Jesus. He's going back to what he was doing before he met Jesus. He was a fisherman before he met Jesus, right? And then he started following Jesus. Jesus dies and he goes back to being a fisherman. And I find that interesting because Jesus is meeting him in the exact same moment that he called him, right? He's meeting him in the exact same place that he called him. Because the story is familiar. What happened when Jesus first called Peter? The same story. He casted his net and so much fish came out. And I think for some of us, it's important for us to go back to that moment that you first surrendered your life to Jesus. Go back to that moment. If you haven't done it, then hey, now is your time to do it. Now is your opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus. But go, go back to that moment. And I guarantee you that he will remind you of his forgiveness. If you go back to that moment when you first surrendered your life, just like God, Jesus is meeting Peter at the same moment that he, he, brought, he, he called him, he will remind you of his forgiveness. He will remind you of his love. When we come back to Jesus, he reminds us of his love. Verse 9 and the rest says this. When they, go out, when they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? 
because they knew that it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them. And so with the fish. And this was the third time that Jesus revealed himself to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When we come back to Jesus, we're reminded of his love. And his love is shown in so many different ways. We've seen him heal people. We've seen him bring people, raise people from the dead. But we know we've also seen him die on a cross. We've also seen him resurrect, right? But in the most simplest form, and and I think it's a lot of people's love language, is, hey, come and eat, (laughs) right? Everybody thinks that, or somebody says like, hey, the the key to my heart is, is I really threw my stomach. Hey, amen. Give me some tacos, like, and I will love you so hard. <laughs> like, you have no idea, right? In the simplest form, Jesus says, hey, come, come have breakfast. He's reminding of the fellowship that he had with them when he broke bread. He's reminding them of the simpler times, right? He doesn't talk about his death. He doesn't talk about his resurrection. Why? Because they knew that it was the Lord. It says they dared not ask who he was because they already knew, because immediately They were reminded of his love through the simplicity of gathering together for breakfast. And so my question for us today is this. What is keeping you from coming back to Jesus? What is keeping you from going back at it? Because it's not too late. I don't care what sins you've done. I don't care how long you've been away from the church. I don't care uh, where you're at in life right now. Because right now in this moment, Jesus is willing and waiting and saying, hey, come back. Come back to me. It's not too late. Let's start the semester right. Let's kick it off with you and me together, right? Last night, we talked with young adults about being present, right? And about how that looks like in our lives. And right now, you have the moment and the ability to be present with Jesus right now, in this moment, to receive his love, his grace, his kindness, and his mercy. Simply that. It's simple. Can we get back at it, right? For those of you who have surrendered your life to Jesus, can we get back at it? Can we go share the love of Jesus to people? Those of you who have never met Jesus, instead of coming back to Jesus, maybe this is your first time you come to Jesus, right? And he's ready. And 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 he's asking, hey, right now. And I know there's people in this room right now that haven't done that, right? And, And we would say, hey, we love you. And the best thing that we can do for you is continue to pour into you about how amazing Jesus is. Okay, let me pray for us. Father, we thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for reminding us that it's okay to come back, that it's not too late to come back, regardless of what we've done, and that you're, you're there, Father. You're always present. You never change. You're always faithful, even when we're not. Even when Peter wasn't, you remained faithful. Even when we've denied you time and time again, you have remained faithful, and you've blessed us, and you've given us so much, so much more than we could even uh, ask for or deserve. Father, I pray for every single student that's in this room that's sitting down right now. I pray for their time with their community groups. I pray that we continue to just have fellowship and build relationships. It's your name we pray. Amen.